This podcast is brought to you by the zebrafish. Zebrafish are also known as the science nerds of the aquatic animal kingdom. Named for their stripes, the zebrafish can often be found in science labs, discovering new cures and regenerating their organs like Wolverine from X-Men. Cheers to you, zebrafish, and your mutant-like sciency powers. Hello, my fishy friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Getting Fishy With It podcast. Hello. Woo. I'm Josh. I'm Christine. I'm Amber. And today we're going to have a, an extra special episode that Amber is going to lead uh, for us today. And unfortunately, this is this is a re-record because we had some small. Uh, actually, we were excited. <laughs> we were excited to record when we were all together at ALAS. And although it was fun seeing all, each other and everything like that, our recording, we had some issues. And so we're going to re-record now. <laughs> Um, but we're excited. We're excited to see, have an excuse to see each other again on Zoom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a valiant effort. And who thought that, like, I didn't really think that it would be actually a lot more challenging to set up a multi-person record, uh, you know, in a hotel room in Salt Lake City than it is to record on Zoom. I always figured, you know, the Zoom thing was was more complicated. But, uh, man, this is easy. Everyone can have a podcast, even us. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get started, let's talk about how everyone's week was or last couple of weeks, or if you remember what you were doing last time, we can also talk about that. So Amber, do you want to start? Yeah, everything has been good with me. I definitely miss hanging out with you guys at ALAS. And so, yeah. and especially coming back to a place where there's no sun, it's, mm-hmm. you know, been a little bit of a downer, but the weather actually has been pretty good. It hasn't been super cold. Um, we did get kind of a weird blizzard on Halloween, so that was kind of crazy. But otherwise, yeah, just like chilling and waiting for Thanksgiving break. So that way I can just sleep through the entire four day weekend. <laughs> Do not wake her. She's no. in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> You guys make Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, I am on the hook to cook the entire Thanksgiving dinner for like my in-laws oh my God. and um, my husband. And we usually have a friend that is local come join us as well. Uh, I mean, it's not a big deal. I, I find it, it's easy for me. <laughs> I, I I grew up with a mom that Show was off. a caterer. So, you know, like cooking oh, yeah. a turkey and stuff is not that big of a deal. But it's a matter of like, I feel more comfortable in my home kitchen than I do at a kitchen that's like strange to me. Oh, you know, totally. has that doesn't have all the same. So I half the time, like when I have done it, I bring all my stuff, including like my meat thermometer and all the stuff to that kitchen. Uh. And it's just like, I'll just cook it here and bring it there instead. And then also like I can keep all the leftovers here and just take the correct amount for that meal with us. So I think that's what I'm going to do. We're actually uh, a week out ish. uh, So I got to take the turkey out of the freezer today. So I have a whole calendar plan. (laughs) like Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And schedule for all the stuff. But it's like they provide the desserts and like the drinks or whatever. And then I am like turkey and veg and you know, stuffing, all that kind of stuff. So it was fine. Uh, I don't mind, but I, I get sick of turkey pretty fast. How about you, Josh? So I, well, first of all, I, I do, I, I did get sick of turkey like a year or two ago because 
I don't usually cook and I don't usually host. I usually like travel around because my family is kind of like split apart and stuff. So it's like, I just got to go see everyone. And so I'll like make my way. I'll usually go to like two or three Thanksgiving dinners. That's kind of how it ends up being. And then I'll like go visit my grandma and stuff. Um, and last or a couple of years ago, I ended up really missing the after Thanksgiving food, you know, like the leftovers after yeah, Thanksgiving. It's really yeah. awesome. Like the turkey mm-hmm. sandwiches are the best. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to just make a turkey. I was like, come on, there's got to be extra turkeys left over after Thanksgiving that are the stores are trying to get rid of. I'm just going to make a turkey. I'm just going to roast a turkey. So I went and got one and I like, I like, you know, soaked it in. I brined it for like a nice. day or so. Yep. And then I like, like, I just like, I, did, I just gave it TLC. And then I had a lot of turkey for a long time and I eventually got <laughs> sick of turkey. So yeah. I turkeyed myself out. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, you, Amber? Do you have to cook stuff? Oh no, we don't cook here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do enjoy cooking, but when it comes to like Thanksgiving or any of the big holidays, we tend to Chicago's weird. So like a lot of restaurants are actually open on like Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. even oh. like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they will have like a like a prefix menu. Um, mm. for those holidays and so for thanksgiving there's a couple of restaurants that are going to be open and they have oh. like a set menu and so we always tend to go to like those restaurants and we don't have to worry about like you know making something and then nice. cleaning up afterwards and especially this year we have my in-laws coming to visit us and they were just like right off the bat like we're not going to want to cook so <laughs> <laughs> they just made a res- reservation at a restaurant and nice. i was like Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's an option here. I think they have like a lot of these places have like take home stuff here. Yeah. Where you can take it home and cook it. But like, I don't know, mm. I'm cheap and those are expensive to do. So I'm like, no, I can. You know how many turkeys I can buy for that much money? I don't think so. <laughs> so you want to bring home a bunch of like turkey hungry man TV dinners and heat them up? <laughs> no, because like my latest thing has been like, hey, let's buy a whole bunch of those Costco chickens like Costco oh, rotisserie yeah. chickens Whoa. and then you break them down and freeze them or whatever and then you can like use the meat from them for various things yeah. um mm-hmm. so i've been doing that recently because like that's my like lazy cooking because it's like okay this chicken is pretty much like bomb proof i can do whatever with it yeah. um and then yeah we've been doing that because those chickens are like five bucks for a whole chicken and it's already I cooked know. and i see people just like piling them into yeah so we usually buy like no more than two or three at a time because you i only have so much freezer space no i think but it's funny though because you see like dudes go into costco that are like super buff guys and i think they need their protein or whatever so they're buying these costco chickens and i'm sure they're not the healthiest chicken in the world they're they're pumped full of like sulfites and all this whatever um mm, because they're brined delicious. To, so they're super salty or whatever which but who cares whatever um i don't have to cook it myself so <laughs> so uh, that and the Costco pizzas, Costco food court pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my like lazy. I'm not cooking thing. You can get a giant Costco pizza for $10 and eat it for breakfast for like four days. So yeah, I have a funny people. story about that, but yeah. I don't know if we have time for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has been uh, the snacks and food podcast <laughs> brought to you by it's Josh, true. Amber and Christine. <laughs> it's it's in time for Thanksgiving. So this is the perfect, like, just eat too much. Man. Absolutely. Uh, how about you, Josh? Anything new with you? 
No, and nothing new with me. I mean, I, I was I was kind of trying to remember what we talked about before, and I think we were just reeling because we had just come back from going to the Salt Lakes. And I know yeah. we talked about it on a previous episode, but yeah, that was incredible. It was so amazing to see the Salt Lakes and see where the brine shrimp were living. Um, and I bet you you could brine a lot of chickens in the Salt Lake there, right? You need to leave. You probably brine a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> You gotta like cook them for a hundred million years afterwards to kill all the stank. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but no, it was it was a good time. It was awesome seeing you guys, and I know mm-hmm. that we all had like a little like post ALAS depression. Oh yeah, but like you know, yeah, I think it was it was great. The whole thing was great, so I was very happy. And I know we're gonna talk a lot about uh, ALAS now, but uh, yeah, that was it, that was it for me. What about you, Christine? Just the post ALAS depression. Like, it's so fun to like see everybody and like connect with everybody. And it's just like the week after ALAS is just like, I'm trying to get everything back on board at work, you know? And now everyone's just like, it's the time of year where everyone pushes everything to January, right? Yeah. I wish some people would get that. the memo about that because I'm just like, why are you trying to start projects now? Why? <laughs> so it's just been a lot of running around stuff with work. But um, other than that, speaking of Brian Shrimp, Went to the Denver Zoo yesterday to go see their new flamingo exhibit because it's like the members preview days or whatever. So just thought, you know, thinking about brine shrimp, thinking about flamingos. It was kind of a cool, cool exhibit, although it's not done yet. I kind of wonder if they had a they should have left like delayed it a week because it's like, I'm sorry, there's contractors everywhere trying to get their work done. And I'm like, I'm sorry, all of us jerks are in here in your way while you're trying to finish all the wiring in this exhibit. I would like to see the baby. Um, but no, it's cool to see them get some new digs. So, but other than that, nothing going on. Just, uh, just wishing that we all live closer to each other. Really. Oh, yeah. I know, right? It'd be fun to brunch. Yeah, no, we gotta like make a plan to like crash somebody's conference in Seattle in January. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I wish. I know, I wish. right? I know, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. it for me. So, should we get started? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's do it. And so today we're going to be talking about ALAS and ZHA since we just recently went to the ALAS national meeting. And I first want to start off with telling everyone what ALAS is. And so I have kind of like a short blurb here about it. But each fall since 1950, the American Association for Laboratory Animal Science has held its annual national meeting. During the five days of the meeting, members and non-members come together to enjoy the workshops, lectures, poster sessions, and exhibits. The program is designed to have topics relevant to the entire membership, and exhibitors have the opportunity to interact with ALAS members from the academic community, research institutions, government organizations, and commercial companies. And the ALAS national meeting is the largest gathering in the world of professionals concerned with the production, care, and use of laboratory animals. And so this national meeting in particular was the 74th national meeting, and Mm -hmm. it was held in Salt Lake City from October 22nd to the 26th. And so, yeah, yeah, it was actually personally my first ALAS that I've attended. Which was really exciting. Yeah. And just seeing like all the different like exhibits and also seeing like different workshops and sessions, like Mm. that was really great. And then also... I was able to go there basically because of Josh and Christine from CHA. <laughs> and so being able to go there and like help with the booth um, and kind of promoting like zebrafish as um, an animal and biomedical research, uh, which is really cool. And then I do have a couple of facts about ALAS. 
And so did you know that the ALAS national meeting has more than 4,000 attendees? And so I don't know, Josh and Christine, do you remember like how many people actually attended like this meeting? So we were given this info at the facilitators meeting that Josh did not attend. You have the right to remain <laughs> that's okay you you didn't attend it because you were busy or not here yet I was or on something. my way you were oh, on no, your... no. i was i was there remember i was there but then i got caught up at nacho oh. daddy oh right that's what i was, I was at you were eating at nachos nacho emporium nacho daddy shirking your responsibilities waiting <laughs> an incredible amount of time to get nachos and i thought i would have enough time to eat and then go back and i did not i got screwed so oh, that's <laughs> Sorry. okay and that's okay i filled you in on the facilitator stuff so um i did uh we did get an email with like how many people were there now i know that four thousand has been the number in the past um but this was like pre-pandemic um so i think the number is actually a little bit less than that right now because they're still like trying to get everything back on on board as far as numbers of people Mm -hmm. um but let's see here three thousand four hundred eighty eight people attended this oh, year. that's going to be my exact guess. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think like they, again, the exhibitors, um, the numbers were down are still down a little tiny bit just because I think it's taking academia takes a long time to be like, okay, you, we can justify sending you to a conference again, <laughs> especially yeah. when you're talking about international travel, like it can be tough. Oh, yeah. Right. <clears throat> so I know that they, their numbers of exhibitors are down slightly, but they had a very large number of brand new exhibitors this year, like more than 30 brand new exhibitors, which is great. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely growing, but I think a lot of stuff, I mean, even like gaming conventions I go to, their numbers are where they were before the uh, the pandemic um packs wow. like the gaming convention i used to go to they used to sell out and you it would be a challenge to get tickets but i think now it's like you can get tickets if you try like a little tiny bit so yeah it's a different world these days yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think there is still the fear of like covid and other things like that because you know even last year it happened a little bit this year but last year i think it was more like people were just dropping like flies to covid and so like i think that does still scare people away because they're like well if it was that bad last year like let's wait and until we know it's not going to be bad. So I know that the current, the incoming president has said that he really wants to get for the 75th, since that's like a big sort of like uh milestone year, he wants to get to 5,000 attendees, which is going to be really tough to get to. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if we even get to 4,500, I think that that's a success. That's cool though. And like speaking of the 75th anniversary thing, uh, what we were told in the facilitator session that you didn't attend, Josh, <laughs> is that um, there it's basically like a three year long kind of celebration they're doing. So like this celebration of the 75th meeting started kind of now it started at the oh. 74th meeting and it's continuing through because the next year it's in Nashville. In Which November. apparently, like everyone was, go- I've heard that like there's going to be a big turnout because everyone likes to go to Nashville. Is that true? Okay. <laughs> your faces, <laughs> your faces are like no. I don't. I've I, never heard that. I I've know. never heard it either. But someone said it to me, and I was like, I took it as. It like, definitely blah. has been at Nashville in like the recent history, recent past. So I didn't attend. Then my first one was in Louisville last year. Like my first they ever ALS. Like ALAS National, but like N A S H for Nashville. Oh, no. <laughs> you gotta TM that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it, it's Nashville next year. And then the year after that, it's in like a Long Beach, somewhere in California. Yeah. 
Long Beach, California. Yeah. So kind of that's the, the it's like a three year thing celebrating 75 years of ALS. And so the next little tidbit that I have is, did you know each meeting features nearly 400 scientific posters? That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that is a lot. I don't know how many we have for this meeting, but there does seem to be a lot. And I don't even think we went really through all of them. Or maybe Christine and I, we kind of like, you know, did like a speed run. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like go through and like try to find things that are like relevant. And then you try to like make a note of where they are or whatever. But like, so you've been to scientific meetings before. I guess both of you have. Yeah. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't because I'm an idiot. So I don't go to, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to go to scientific Our meetings. member, Christine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So is it, it's a lot of posters though, right? Like it's a heck yes. of a lot of posters. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're really strong posters too. Oh yeah. No offense, but sometimes you, once in a while you'll see something you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> this should have been allowed. Oh, like that, the poster about the beta enrichment. Oh yeah. Hey, how that dare you? Horrible. That one was great. It was great. I personally know the author. He's a genius. (laughs) He barely was there. Yeah, I know. Hey, he's very popular. (laughs) He is very popular. It's true. Really hard to get him locked down to do anything at (laughs) ALA. I now, I heretofore want to be known as the hardest working man in Zebrafish after uh, after, um, Dante said that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, man, high praise. I'm going to like put that on my tombstone. (laughs) Cool. We'll get you that as a gift, a uh, tombstone early, and then you can fill in the rest. <laughs> Just leave yeah. it there. It's like sitting in my house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I will say that the 400 posters, like, I believe it only because, like, the number of posters was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I walked down that side and it was close to where our booth was. And like, there was just poster on poster. And I just started like taking photos of the ones that had like something relevant to mm-hmm. me and I just like was like I'll look at this later like I'll just like kind of like zoom in on the photo and look at, look over it but I definitely missed a section of them because there were so many oh yeah and there's like so many diverse topics too like the one that was really exciting for me was the vampire bat one. Oh yeah about vampire oh. keeping vampire bats I'm like what that's what cool. do you feed them blood it's like you just feed them pools of blood yeah, yeah. so like at the zoo here because I asked because I'm morbid like that I asked one of the docents <laughs> like the old lady that's in the zoo like you know, answering people's stupid questions. I'm like, is that cow blood? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they just give them a little like, you know, like a little dish and they can just lap it up. They just lap it up like a little kitty cat. It's so weird. (laughs) That's all they eat. I know this isn't mm-hmm. a vampire pod- or bat <laughs> podcast, but I still want to know. Yeah, I think so. I think that's like what they're made to eat. Yeah. That's incredible. I think yeah. they can be kind of a nuisance for like farm animals because of that. Yeah. They make a little bite and then they lick up the blood. They don't like drink the blood like a like a Dracula. <laughs> oh, they don't they don't use a straw. No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they no. use those paper straws the like the disposable ones soggy. i care about the environment yeah <laughs> and it's like soggy instantly and they're like dang it this blood is getting all dried and clotted on my collapsing straw i enjoyed that i, I don't yeah. know if you guys enjoyed it but i enjoyed that little <laughs> sure offshoot yeah but for my last fact so did you know that there are three learning tracks at the national meeting every session is categorized into animal welfare regulatory compliance and public education biomedical research medicine methodology and facility design management and operations yeah and i'm thankful that they divide it up like that because like it's nice when stuff that's on a similar topic is together because that was mm. one of the questions um i think about like the survey i had to fill out was like 
is it better if stuff's all together or if it's divided up and it's like please don't make me run everywhere yeah. <laughs> like please don't make me run all Very over true. the place for like this yeah. talk and then that talk so yeah it's cool but yeah, yeah that's a really i mean yeah we didn't talk about it but like yeah one of the talks was in like an area of the hotel that was like so far away it was like oh, crazy yeah. and people were like walking because i was the facilitator for that one i mean apparently i didn't go to the meeting but <laughs> <laughs> apparently i was and um people were showing up like 15 minutes after the panel started and they were out of breath, like yeah. very out of breath. Like that's how far away it was. Like you're having to like climb all these stairs and go down these hallways and whatnot. And it's so, at altitude. So one guy oh, came yeah. in like real wobbly with a cane. Like I was like really Ooh. impressed. He came all the way. And I was like, thank you for being here, sir. <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah no, and death. That, uh, yeah, that one meeting room was in like Arches National Park. It was in a different uh-huh. state. It was somewhere else. So. Yeah. <laughs> But they had like little encouraging signs on the floor that was like, you're almost there. Keep going. Keep going. The conference is still here. Like, you got to keep going. You haven't left and gone to like Cheesecake Factory. This is still the same place. (laughs) So, Amber, this fact that you explained, like I had not actually heard that. I didn't know this before. And I do think it's really cool that they sort of divide them up that way. Just so you kind of know how to classify things. Um, yeah. So that was a, definitely something I learned. I, I did not know that previously. And cool. I've been going to ALAS for uh, a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for those areas, it's really beneficial because at least for the regulatory compliance side of things. So I went to a session for that just because I am an IACUC analyst. Um, and so that's kind of like my realm. Mm. But they did kind of have it like really far away from everyone. I was like, okay, like put us in the back closet so that nobody <laughs> sees us because <laughs> they might get nervous. I a cook analyst should be seen, uh, seen, not seen, and not heard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I was like, yeah, this is just catered to one topic and to, you know, people that like work in that area, which is like really cool. And so mm. you can get like feedback from people that kind of know their stuff. And same with like the zebrafish talks as well. And so having people like specifically come because they, you know, either work with zebrafish or they want to start working with zebrafish. And so also getting like, you know, your questions answered from experts in the field. Sure. And Tuesday was like zebrafish day. Oh, yeah. yeah. At least for us. I'm sure there's other people going to other sessions. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's I'm not matter. They don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us zebrafish people. But yeah, yeah, so it was like Tuesday was just like, at least for me, I want to say it was the better part of just eight hours almost straight of just zebrafish lectures and zebrafish content. Yeah. By the end My of brain. that, yeah, our brains were just like goo. I don't remember where we went to dinner that night. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, I don't know what you guys did. I I went to, I went with some uh, Nacho Daddy. Folks. You went to yeah, Nacho I went back Daddy. to Nacho Daddy. <laughs> yeah. No, that wasn't because like uh, the ZHA meetup was Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember what I did. I yeah, everything did a blur. the planetarium that day. That was Monday. Yes, because Josh didn't join us because he didn't want to. He no. doesn't like. And we doesn't like us enough. Food and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we got, yeah, and we got to see that movie, and I cried. Yeah. Yeah. Movie. Oh, by every. Amazing. 
everything about your guys' experience made me sad that I did not go over there. Yeah. And like, I just was just like sitting. I think, you know what it was, was partially? I think in my brain, I just like, it wasn't functioning properly after all that socializing. Like, I just was oh, like, yeah. I just was like, I'm going to take a moment and like have a burger by myself at the bar. And like, that's what I did. And then I like joined Sat up with there. a couple people oh. there. Oh. <laughs> well, there were that's a couple funny. people who, who stuck around. Okay. Mostly there's one veterinarian that I know who stuck around because her hotel was right up right upstairs so she was there oh. the whole time and then she was like no everyone should stay <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah no we just like crashed the planetarium party like lauren the veterinarian from my facility was just like let's just go and we're like okay we're sheep <laughs> so we followed <laughs> she just let us right in yeah she walked in there with purpose and no one's gonna stop her so <laughs> shout out lauren the fearless yeah, yeah, exactly. leader <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then we saw like an imax movie about the james webb space telescope and i cried because that's what i do at space things it was very funny lauren's like i could see the tears running down the side of your face I'm like yeah i know i, I cry <laughs> at space stuff sorry <laughs> this is great hey at least you're passionate about stuff some I people are passionate about anything you know yeah. I cry at the start of Lion King. <laughs> I watch that movie and okay. I cry at the start. Yeah. Fair All the enough. animals, it's just moving. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, did, I guess do we want to talk about our experiences with ALS? I, I can go first, I guess. I can just kind of give you more of a backstory because like I've been going to ALAS for uh, a, quite a few years. I went, um, I don't know. I honestly don't remember when my first one was, but it was, you know, many years ago, pre-pandemic. And then I didn't go to every single one. Like I would go to some and I would try to do um, presentations. The last one I really remember going to was Denver in like 2018 or 2019. I just missed you. It was 2019. Okay, yeah. So... I moved here like a week after that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So it just, yeah, I just, we just missed each other. And that was a pretty, that was a pretty cool ALS. And I think I did a presentation on, I think I was part of a panel on uh, a seminar on cephalopods actually. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's great. Like I, I try to go every year and I try to usually give a presentation of some sort on something aquatic. Cause there's always a need for that stuff. And I just love it. Like it's a great reunion time. Like when you get into this field, if you've been in this field, like as long as I have, and you know, like depending on where you work, because I've worked at a couple different facilities and I've seen so many people come and go, like you start to just know a lot of people throughout uh, the community. And then that's great because that means that down the line, those are people who are posted up in these different areas and you get to see all them at ALS when they come back. So it's a wonderful time. It's good reunion. It's good to catch up with people. Um, it's always a good job opportunity discussion time too, right? There are people who all are all over the place who are like, hey man, I'm looking for a this position or that position mm -hmm. like do you know anyone and and that's always helpful too um so yeah it's just it's a it's a great time it's a great few days uh i enjoy doing it and i'll probably continue to do it as much as i can even though we had like during the pandemic i did not go i didn't even participate at all like i know that they did the have some online stuff i was just like i just got too busy with stuff and then i was like ah like if i don't you know I didn't commit to anything. And so I just let it go by. So I, I, you know, I have a little regret about doing that, but, um, you know, but I'm back on the bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. we're here. Yeah. The, the jobs thing was big. Like they have a whole room dedicated to like 
people both looking for jobs and so they can post their info and then also like jobs that are available. So there's a whole like job room. And I think there was, they did some special sessions this year to try to help some places recruit veterinarians. Cause I think that's a a thing that a lot of people are looking for right now is Mm -hmm. a lab animal vet. So it's cool. It looks like they even had little interview rooms and stuff set up. So they did. I didn't notice that. That's awesome. (laughs) Those rooms with the curtains. It was like, you could go in there and chat with people about whatever. So I didn't notice that. (laughs) Uh, Amber, did you want to share your experience? I know you talked about a little bit already, but do you want to share anything else? Yeah, I really enjoyed like this ALAS meeting and I wasn't actually sure what to expect. And so when I got there, I definitely was a little nervous at first. I was like, oh no, I'm going to actually see people like in real life instead of behind a screen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So not sure how that's going to work, but like Christine and Josh were just amazing and like really helpful with explaining everything. Like Christine, you really were just like, this is how things work here. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a scientific, like it's not that it's not a scientific meeting, but it's way more chill I find than like what I've understood to be what scientific meetings can be like. So we're yeah. just a bunch of animal people. Like we're like, and not that we're not professional, but it's just like, uh, how professional can you be when you work with animal poop all the time? <laughs> Feed exactly. animals. <laughs> and I feel like our group in particular, especially with like the booth. So I was helping out with the booth and mm-hmm. was a little bit worried that like nobody else was going to come and help us with that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just looking at the like, you know, um, schedule, mm-hmm. but it was amazing how like all these people just like kind of came together and we're just like, Oh, we're going to like help out with the booth and stuff and talk to people about like fish and just seeing like people, you know, getting fishy with it, like get nerdy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And just seeing that like radiate, like, you know, off and, seeing like the people that they were talking to being like yes yes i want to do this too Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was really amazing also yeah just listening to some of the exhibitors like i know we listened to that one guy about like the brine shrimp Mm -hmm. uh that was working with the state and that was really cool so you know actually learning about you know the things that we use like on a daily basis within our facilities and seeing Mm. like how that all kind of like comes full circle for me, my experience with ALS has been like, I like people like Canada has KLS, which is like the smaller yeah. version of ALS, like one tenth the size kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Canada's one tenth the size, so it makes sense. But oh, um, perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, ALS had always been this like mythical thing, like this mythical destination that people talk about going to. And it would only be like <laughs> the higher ups that get to go to ALS. Like, you know, nobody else gets to go to ALS. It's just the bosses. And they go like every year, every other year. It's like and, the Emerald City. Yeah, yeah, something. exactly. And it'd be like, oh, it's in this city this year. Oh, this person's going to ALS. And be like, mm, I'll never get to go. I'm never going to go to that. It's hard enough to get to go to KLS and not be accused of stealing work time, you know? <laughs> So, um, so I was really bummed about missing the one in Denver for sure. Um, I literally missed it by like less than a week. I moved here like a few days after it happened. So, um, we would have been ships passing in the night anyway. We wouldn't, yeah, have known yeah. I know we didn't know each other at that point, but like, <laughs> yeah, I just was kind of sad. Cause it was like, oh, it was right here. Um, Ugh. and then I think I did one of the online ones. I think I did part mm. of it, but it's not really the same. And I, I mean, like online, I totally am on board with because like accessibility for everyone, not everyone can go because of like health reasons or whatever reasons, financial reasons, whatever. It's great to have that as an option. It's really hard to do though, like to do it online and have 
it feel inclusive can be really challenging and yeah. costly, like costly as heck. So um, it's a little unfortunate that it's kind of not there anymore, but um, cause I don't think they did much in the way of online stuff this year. Um, but I really like this one in Salt Lake city, like Salt Lake city. So weird town. I'm trying yeah, to be nice. Sure. It's a weird town, but like, I would totally go back there and like visit. There's stuff I didn't get a chance to do when we were there. And it's like in a beautiful place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Utah's a beautiful state. Yeah, absolutely. So I think (laughs) I would totally go back. I liked it. It was fine. Um, I enjoyed checking out that place and uh, going to Cheesecake Factory with uh, Josh. Heck yeah. Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory that (laughs) first night. Oh, and the aquarium, which we'll and have the, an episode Of on. course, yeah, we're making an, an episode about that, and it'll be out in a few weeks. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, so if, if you wanted to, that's my experience, so. So, I guess we can also talk about, like, what we hope to see with future ALAS meetings. So, I know, like, I definitely agree with you, Christy, where I like enjoyed being in Salt Lake City. So, with that being said, I hope that they do consider, like, different locations because i know that many conferences have like a tendency to be in like the same places and so Mm. at least for society for neuroscience they kind of rotate between four different places like washington Uh. dc chicago um san diego maybe like one other place Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just like oh that gets boring a little bit aquaculture america does the same thing yeah yeah so hopefully like they you know kind of like expand like you know their locations but also keep in mind like safety is a priority too um just because like you know for people that go to these meetings we oftentimes get targeted by other organizations sure and so just making sure that you know everybody is safe and like comfortable yeah and uh, to expand on that like uh to have it in places where people feel safe going as who they are just in general, you know, like if it's a place that is not welcoming to everyone in our community, maybe it's not a great place to have a conference, you know? So, and not a great place that people want to spend their money. So that can always be a challenge too. So yeah, I totally get that. Um, Yeah, for sure. Um, As far as things I'd like to see at ALS, I don't know, more field trips to zoos. (laughs) 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 Like it's cool. And I think it's hard to do at something as big as ALAS. Like at KLAS, it's small enough that they they will do a workshop where they will actually like, if they're in a place where there's like an accredited zoo, they'll go and like it's a limited number of people can sign up. And then you get to do behind the scenes and like check out the veterinary hospital, that kind of stuff. Um, I will run over your asses to go do something. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my way. I'm pay- I'm- yeah, but um, I don't know. Like that kind of stuff is fun. I I do appreciate that there is a zebrafish workshop at the at the ALS, um, and I think it would be cool to continue seeing stuff like that, like a little bit of hands on zebrafish training and just mm. more like stuff that it covers aquatics. Um, but I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Is there something that Aren't you'd like all? to see? uh i think like i don't know probably just like continuation of this right like i think i think down the line it'd be great to know without a doubt that like almost to have it so alas is reaching out to us and be like hey what do you guys have on the slate you know yeah that we could just you know i still feel like we're at the point where we're still kind of in the infancy of like getting things in there and we've gotten two good years of like solid zebrafish stuff obviously this past year was incredible um but i want to keep kind of like banging that drum for making sure we have like a 
place there, you know, so that like, because there are a lot of species where it's like, there's always going to be a lot of de facto mice talks, whatever, yeah. but you want to keep the zebrafish people coming. Obviously you're going to cater to a bunch of people who just have a small fish facility or whatever, but maybe there's a hope that down the line, you can get some people who are just zebrafish focused or just fish focused or just aquatics focused. Mm -hmm. And they'll also want to come, even if it's just for the day, right? Like if we do, for, you know, it's like a day or two, they can come for that. They can do a little networking and stuff like that yeah. and not feel like, um, yeah, that they're totally like, like outs outsiders, I guess. Yeah. Right. And I think part of it too is, and I think we've talked about this before, like off podcast, um, with some of our colleagues, um, it's a lot easier for folks who are working in the lab animal space to justify getting money from their institutions to go to something like ALAS mm -hmm. over, say, something like Aquaculture America. And I mean, like, I like that conference, too, for different reasons. Um, both, it's yeah. a much smaller group, really. But like, it's hard to convince anybody to pay for us to go to that. You know, not us. Yeah. I mean, like for like a lot of lab animal folks like myself, it's uh, mm -hmm. it's hard to convince folks. Uh, Aquaculture America also, I think, is a little bit more expensive. I don't mm. remember the price tag, honestly. It's usually but... in like more pricey places. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, like, I mean, the... San Diego, New Orleans, San Antonio, like those are all like, you know, you yeah. those are fun places. <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk about the ZHA? Yeah, let's do it. And so Ooh. the main reason why we were all there. <laughs> yeah. So the ZHA is the Zebrafish Husbandry Association, and it's a nonprofit organization devoted to promoting and developing zebrafish husbandry standards through education, collaboration, and publication. And so all three of us are members of the ZHA. I feel like Christy and Josh, you've been members for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. And so I think I've only been a member maybe for like a few years or so, or at least since maybe 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've enjoyed the journey so far, um, especially since it really got me into like the world of zebrafish and better understanding like how to care for them and how mm. they're utilized in research. Cool. And yeah, like full disclosure, Josh is current president of the ZHA. I'm past president of the Ooh. ZHA. You don't have much time left though, Josh. Your time is up. <laughs> I'm in my lame duck. I'm in my lame duck right now because the oh, elections yeah. already happened. Right. Uh, shout out to everyone who voted. My goodness. Got so many votes. I was very happy, even though I begged and borrowed and steal to get everyone to vote. <laughs> um, no, I was very thankful for that. But yeah, I, uh, I will admit I, so I was originally part of the ZHA all the way back in 2010, like when I joined the NIH. But I was a really on and off because I moved to different facilities and each new facility, I would like lose my membership and then I would rejoin and stuff like that. So I don't know, like if I looked back at my, um, you know, I don't even know if I could find myself, like if I looked back at our records, but I, I signed up on my own just outside of the institution, like a couple years ago. And I just like kept it through there. So now I just go through my own credit card, through my Gmail. So now it's just like, it's just on there forever. So now I'll have a continuous amount of time serving. I think that's why I had like multiple email accounts associated with the yeah. ZHA. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it happens to everyone. No one, people don't stay static. And a lot of times if you use your work email, then it's like you're, you're screwed when you move on. They're not going to continue yeah. to pay for you. It's true. So some of the free resources that ZHA offers are the monthly webinars, Danny on Zoom Fridays, Zebrafish Husbandry Basics, and then also job announcements. And so Christine, I was wondering if you could actually go over like the Danny on Zoom Fridays. Sure. That's kind of and possibly like the monthly webinars because that's kind of like two and two. But yeah, sure. I know like for our organization, like the Danny on Zoom Fridays is kind of like 
the big thing, at least or at least during the pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, when that all happened. Yeah. It, so it was actually started by, I believe it was Rory from Daniel Lab and also Chris Lawrence, um, who is no longer working with Zebrafish. He'll be back. And so it started That's at funny. the start of the pandemic where it was just kind of like a every Friday at noon Eastern, we'd get together on Zoom and just like talk about, you know, first of all, like, what do we do? Because everything's shutting down and like, how do we help each other? And like, mm. what information can we share or make available? Like, how do we plan for this? Um, and it's just kind of stuck around where like people bring questions. Now we do it every other week. Uh, on Fridays, same time. But um, we basically just get together and like people bring their questions. We end up having a discussion. Last week, we talked about the dreaded lidocaine, um, anesthesia with zebrafish and that whole thing, the drama Mm. that's happened there. Um, But yeah, so that's been really great. And then the monthly webinars, uh, ZHA will get someone or sometimes a couple people to give a talk on the topic adjacent to zebrafish um something in that area uh, zebrafish related facility management related um and i did want to just add one little thing about the zebrafish husbandry basics that's a free resource that's available to anyone that's on our website um and i say r i'm not on the board anymore but I'm i mean a you're still one, I'm of, a us. Member. I'm one a member. of us yeah, yeah. one of us yeah um but yeah so it's basically a document that's translated to a whole bunch of languages with just like basic here's what you need to do to get started with zebrafish and like what kind of care they need which is just helpful to folks that are you know anywhere in the world looking to start a facility or like in the process of taking over the care of a facility so that's been that's really cool i think that's like a super cool thing to have um yeah did you want to add anything josh so i think you pretty much said it all so all those things we talked about so far are free resources so job announcements are free you can access those if you go to zhaonline.org um, you can find all those things um, and you can access them. But then we have a bunch of other things that are behind the membership paywall. And that includes, I'm not going to, I'll let Amber talk about them, but the monthly webinars that we offer as a free resource are free live. But if you want to see a backlog of them, those go behind a, a paywall basically. Mm-hmm. So, which by the way, I don't know if we talked about it, but the paywall for membership is $30 per year. So it's really, really affordable. So mm-hmm. highly, highly recommend if you're not a member, definitely join. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you're part of an institution, you, you might be able to convince them, especially if you have like your own designated zebrafish facility, it's mm-hmm. probably better to get that. And so everyone can kind of share in the wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, have like a membership for everyone that mm-hmm. is working with zebrafish. But going on to what our membership plans offer. And so like Josh mentioned, you do get those recordings of the ZHA webinars because although you can view them live, you may want to keep, you know, like a backlog of them, just something that you can like reference in case like something comes up, whether it's like related to, you know, like fish sickness or things like that or um, facility management. And we also do have a ZHA listserv. And so that's basically like an email exchange where people are able to like ask questions um, from people in the ZHA community via email. Mm. And so if you have a question about something that's like going on in your facility, you can kind of send that out. And then I'm pretty sure like every email that has been sent out, I've seen a response to. 
like yeah, yeah pretty much recent one that just came out i saw christine responded to and a couple other people and mm-hmm. so you're never alone <laughs> no never <laughs> never stop responding either <laughs> so you do. it's great it's always good to have responses i always respond and then i'm like i put my phone down and i'm like oh i got an email but it's an email from me <laughs> <laughs> i do that when i text myself stuff because i have my work phone and my personal phone. i will text myself stuff and like two seconds later i'll be like oh duh, like what's who's texting me <laughs> Yeah, all that oh, happens stupid. to me. It's definitely not just with that. That happens to me with all kinds of stuff where I'm just like, Ooh, I'm like, oh no, that was just me. Are we just sheep? Are we robots? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like me liking when I'm switching social media accounts between my oh. personal account and G- the getting fishy with it account. And then yeah. I'm like, ooh, some I got a notification. Oh, I just liked my own post that I just made. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. I do that. I'm sure I'm not the only one though. You're not You're hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also have a ZHA Advancement Fund, and this used to be more like a travel fund, but over the uh, course of a few years, we've expanded it to where it's not just for traveling to like a conference. So say to like the ALAS National Meeting, you can use it for as like a startup funds for like a project and things like that. And so it's definitely become like a lot more. And so that's something that ZHA members can apply for. And I believe it's every year that Mm -hmm. yeah people are able to apply for it but Mm -hmm. if you do get it i think you have to wait like a couple years before you can reapply for that again Mm -hmm. one yeah it's like one you have to take one year off basically yeah okay gotcha yeah so for this year i got the zha events of fun (laughs) i used it um previously for a course at mountain desert and so that was like zebrafish related and so that was really cool because I got to meet like Chris Lawrence and a couple other people in the field, experts in the field. And mm-hmm. so learn everything that like they know. Um, but for this year, I used it to be able to go to ALAS and to help out with like the booth and then also go to like the zebrafish workshops, which was really cool. Yeah, so I definitely highly recommend that. It's very easy to apply for. Yeah. And it's a good way to because a lot of things we talked about it, but it costs money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your institution is not really willing to like give you the money to be able to go to these things. And so I feel like, you know, that really shouldn't be like a barrier. And I'm really glad that like ZHA does this for people. Yeah, totally. I, I'm glad that we were able to expand it in the last couple of years where it used to be that it was like one pe- one person, maybe two people would get like a $500 travel fund um mm. and we're like we can do more than that because the thing is like travel's gotten way more expensive even yeah. in the last decade right so yeah. if if you know it's help it helps to cover people's travel but also like you know conference attendance or like yeah if you want to take a course or something so i think now it's like a thousand dollars right and we give out as much as five thousand dollars total to like five mm-hmm. different like five different people get a thousand dollars each so i think it just increased the accessibility the challenge is like uh, apply for it. People need to apply. Because people are starting to apply a lot they, more. Yeah, that's I'll good. Say. So I'm that gets like a challenge. Got out. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> and then there has to be a whole process for selecting folks. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But no, I'm glad that it's 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 improved and the accessibility has increased. So and I think partially maybe people weren't applying when it was 500 because it's just like, what am I going to do with 500 bucks? There was one um, person this year who did, um, uh, I think it was Logan, not 
our executive board logo with someone else. And he wanted to do some experiment, like new experiment, like testing out something with zebrafish. Mm-hmm. And so like he used it to like purchase a lot of supplies and stuff, which I mm-hmm. thought was really cool. So uh, That's yeah, great. it's it's really awesome. So it's not just trap for travel. Some people use it for things like that as well. Mm-hmm. So it could, your dollar can go a little bit further. Whereas like, instead of you're just giving it all to American airlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we also do offer the ability to see like publications that people have, I guess, like gotten out. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I personally don't look at it too much, but I know that they're there. And so it, again, is really beneficial to see like what other people have done especially like just what you talked about with Logan. Like if he does end up like publishing that work, then Mm -hmm. people will be able to like view it. And that might be like really helpful for other people who are just like starting out and they don't really know like what to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. we do offer that option to be able to like see those publications. And then lastly, we have board positions, which we also briefly mentioned, but Mm -hmm. Josh is our current president. Christine (laughs) was a past president. And so, yeah, in order to continue like the growth of like our organization, just having people, you know, like not only volunteer, but also like become a board member. And so, Josh, if you want to speak more to this about like, you know, how often I guess you can apply for those positions, what qualifications you need for that. Sure. Yeah. So the qualifications are high. You just need to be a board member. I'm sorry. Just need to be a board a, member. A warm body. <laughs> no, you just need to be a member uh, of the CHA. Uh, and then that you do need to be elected. So you have to, you have to apply. And the way you apply is you, you can nominate yourself or someone can nominate you and they just can write a brief paragraph uh, stating why they think you'd be good uh, or why you think you'd be good. Uh, and then we'll take those into account. And then we ask for a bio from you that just describes like who you are, what, you know, your expertise, maybe a little bit, stuff like that. And then we don't really, I mean, we have not yet had to like decide as a board, like, oh, we can't allow this person to run. I think we're happy to just let it be a free for all. And we put all those names for people who want to do it uh, on the ballots for the different positions. Um, there are seven positions now. So there, let's see if I can remember all these. So there's the president, uh, and then there's a president elect, which becomes the president and there's a vice president. That's three. There's an executive of, uh, memberships. There's an executive of industry and association partnerships. Um, there's an, ex- there's a treasurer and then there's also an executive of, um, oh, social media and outreach basically. Right. So all of those ones, each one has kind of like a different role basically. Uh, so you can definitely look on our website to see what you know what those all like what their tasks are and what they're supposed to do sort of how they all work together and the whole idea is just we have a seven person body that can make decisions for the organization uh call things to a vote if they need to stuff like that um so yeah i think that's that's basically it um and then we try to uh have it so that when you come in if you're incoming that you have some period of overlap for a month or two where the ex the outgoing board members are kind of like shepherding you a little bit, taking you under the wing, kind of giving you a little bit of an, a, an idea of what you're going to be doing. So you're not just like totally dropped in on your own. So, and the last thing is, is that we just had an election for um, president elect and vice president. So uh, next year it's going to be five open positions that will be occurring. So that'll be a lot. There'll be a lot of people to join the executive board, but it's awesome. Cause it just means like new, fresh ideas coming in. And uh, yeah, so that's all I have to say. 
and now we're well over 500 members now like yeah like 530 something nice that's great and so i am glad that like there's more board uh members now because it was a little tough to try to get as the association's grown it's been a little tough to have like you know five people or whatever to try to get everything done Mm because there's there's a lot of moving parts now as we become like larger and have more and more things that we're actually doing for the membership so yeah big time yeah Yeah. so moving on to the last thing is the zha t-shirt contest and so this is kind of in relation to the advancement fund that we just talked about Mm -hmm. and so basically the t-shirt contest funds like the advancement fund um, and so I think for this year, we had a pretty good like t-shirt contest. Mm-hmm. And so we had people basically like put in submissions for like t-shirt designs for the organization. And I can't remember how many, but it had to be at least close to 10. I think, I think yeah, there it was were seven. a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. I think there were seven or eight. Yeah. So. And they were all like, a lot of them were really cool. And so basically we just have people put in their votes for the one that they think is like the best and Mm -hmm. that one becomes like the t-shirt design of the year basically so Mm -hmm. we do that every year so i should clarify technically it doesn't like you know it doesn't it only just kind of mitigates the amount of cost mm-hmm. that we have for the advancement fund because advancement fund costs a lot more than what we take take into mm-hmm. t-shirts mm-hmm. but it definitely is nice to mitigate that cost so that the, mm-hmm. the husbandry association isn't like eating that whole cost all at once yeah. so it's a nice way to just kind of obviously it's wonderful the more we sell but it's also great because it's like a little logo right like you get to like you know yeah. like rep your zebrafish pride so mm-hmm. i have a bunch of t-shirts now <laughs> yeah same same and when we go to conferences it's like try not to all wear the same shirt on the same day <laughs> That did what do happen. You mean? To, that happened to Josh and I like last year, where it was like yeah. we're both at the airport and we're like, oh, we're wearing the same shirt. Where are you guys coming from? Some sort of convention? <laughs> we're going to Disneyland <laughs> with the matching Disney shirts. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the t-shirt contest is fun, and yeah, it absolutely is like meant to offset the the expense for for the ZHA for the the actual advancement funds. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, awesome. it helps. Every little bit helps for sure. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much for that clarification on that. No problem. So let's end with final thoughts, I guess. And so what have been some of your best experiences with ZHA? And I guess like where do you see like the future of ZHA or where do you hope, like what direction do you hope that'll go in? So ZHA has just been instrumental for me in like, elevating the work that I do with Zebrafish and making sure that like I'm getting current information and like current, you know, scientific you know, background information for the work that I do. So, I mean, like the connections that I've made with folks here, uh, including you guys, <laughs> has been, it's been great. I mean, like I couldn't do the work that I do with Zebrafish if it wasn't for the folks and like all the things that I've learned from all the folks that I've met at CHA. So um, I'm eternally thankful for that. So um, it was great to be able to be on the board. I don't know if I'll do it again anytime soon because that was a lot of work. <laughs> um, but I am very thankful to be able to like give back a little bit, I guess, and try to like improve ZHA. Um, as far, not that there's anything wrong with ZHA. It's just we're always trying to better ourselves and the, the association. I don't know. I think I'd like to see just us have more and more involvement, you know, if we have the bandwidth to be more involved with more conferences to help, you mm. know, share information. Because to me, like one of the reasons why we wanted to be at ALAS in the first place was like the goal of ZHA is to elevate the work people are doing with zebrafish in like a number of different ways. And 
while it's great to get together at Aquaculture America and chat about zebrafish and like share our really high level work that folks are doing, um, it's a smaller group. It's a more insular group. And like mm. the benefit to the larger community isn't necessarily as large as it could be when you're talking about people at ALAS when you've got like thousands of people there and then a bunch of people, because we see this all the time. This These people come to our booth, the CHA booth at the conference too, um, where people are coming up and they're like, help me i am being like tasked with a zebrafish facility and like or we're getting a zebra facility and like i feel like we can do the most uh good work like teaching people about zebrafish and making sure that they get get started on the right right foot um at a place like alas or like mm. other lab animal things so i think that's i know i just would like to see us introduce more husbandry sessions at i don't know maybe even scientific conferences i don't know uh we may get booed out of the room there <laughs> <laughs> so get out you and your lidocaine <laughs> your lidocaine out of here lidocaine lover <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't know but um yeah that's kind of that's my little soapbox for zha i love zha yeah i'm gonna echo a lot of what christine said i love like the idea that we sort of i don't want to use the word tendrils because that seems evil yeah, yeah, but yeah. like that we can like we're an elder our, like, god CH, yeah. CHA, like we can have influences and we can sort of show up in small contingents almost like having little chapters wherever we go sure. i mean yeah obviously you know we're in the united states so like we focus on the u.s uh, based conferences a lot more and you know our membership is largely united states i think uh something like 350 370 of our members are are United States people, but that still leaves another 200 or something who are from all other different countries. And I can't tell you, my experience being the president this year has been the number of emails that have come in about zebrafish meetings in other countries, in Norway, and Turkey, and France, and all these places that I would love to be a part of, but we just don't have the bandwidth to do it, right? So if our membership can grow, we'll continue to be able to maybe be able to afford to send and sponsor some people to go to have booths at these different places. And then that membership begets more membership. So like if you have someone with a booth at a certain conference, then of course that means that there'll be more people who will be like, Oh, I never heard of the CHA. That's awesome. I didn't know that there was that this existed. Um, yeah. So part of like when I was at a, um, I was at a workshop in Italy, uh, last year and I, did some recruiting there and I talked about the ZHA there and we got some members that way as well. So like, that's the sort of thing I just wanted to become like a larger international body that has some real serious influence on zebrafish welfare. And we have some, but we're, we need to have more. I think we need to make sure that we're getting to the point where we're taken seriously across the globe. So that's Absolutely. the long-term <laughs> goal. Yeah. And yeah, and I just, I just, I just love it. I would say that I'm very thankful for the people in the ZHA. I felt so welcome as a president and, and I've had just such an, a wonderful year and obviously like coming in under Christine, like I felt like I had the support system and guidance. Like I'm always freaking texting her all the time. What do you think it's about fine. this? And then she's like, ah, I'm up anyway. So I guess I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> Never sleeps. I text no. you anytime and you always answer. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's just been, yeah, it's been a great experience. I, I definitely love the ZHA too. And I feel like I almost have some regrets about some of the past times in the ZHA where I wasn't as, I wasn't as involved as a member. I was kind of in the background or not really paying attention and kind of focusing on my own thing. So I do have some regrets about that, but I, I do love it. So. Well, yeah. What yeah. about you, Amber? I totally agree with like what both of you have said. And I think personally, I would love to see more early career professionals becoming mm. a part of CHA, uh, whether that's like someone who just became a facility manager for an institution 
or somebody who is an early career veterinarian that is Mm. just starting to work with fish. And so getting those people involved, because I think Josh, like you mentioned, like, you know, maybe in the beginning, like you had wished you were more involved, but I Mm. think we need to encourage involvement from those people. And so that we kind of get fresh minds like on the board as well. And Mm -hmm. so it's not, you know, like the same people kind of like doing things um, Mm -hmm. just because we do want to see things, you know, expand. And we can't really do that if we're just kind of like, you know, doing the same thing that we've always been doing for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would be, you know, great to see. And then also maybe having like a conference of our own. I know that Society for Neuroscience, (laughs) they have like mini conferences where it's just like a day and it's Mm. basically what we did, but it was more with ALAS, but they have it at a different like institution or they have it at a different place, maybe an aquarium. Are they like the regional meetings kind of thing? Oh Yeah, yeah. Like a regional meeting. And so like, when I went to San Diego for SFN, so they had like a mini conference for basically the area of research that my lab was involved in. They had it at the Salk Institute. Um, and so we went there for like a day and it was basically just presentations on that topic mm-hmm. or on those topics. And so I'm thinking something like that for our organization, especially if we continue to grow and we get like really big mm. to where it necessitates the need for that. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, eventually we could probably get there and that would be yeah. so cool. Like imagine <laughs> just a conference at an aquarium or a zoo or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, talks about, you know, fish yeah, and including like, you know, all kinds of fish, maybe even like the cephalopod people and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So that gives them like a platform to like talk on. For sure. I feel like they already have something like this in Australia. Really? Oh yeah. AZNP as us. ANZAP. ANZAP. Thank you. ANZAP. It's the ANZAP. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's Australia, New Zealand uh, association of aquarium professionals. So it's lab Mm. animal folks and aquarium folks. And it's like, it seems so cool, but it's so far away. I know it's so far and expensive. So far away. I'm going to die on an airplane if I have to be on an airplane for that long. Oh, it's long. Australia is a place and New Zealand too, a place that I really, really want to go one day, but like I can't afford it and it's very far away. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, having something like this out here would be awesome too. Amber, I agree. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, with that being said, I think we're good to wrap up now, unless you guys cool. had any final thoughts. Wait, no, we did it again, again. We did it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to personally just, you know, because it's the Thanksgiving season. I just oh. want to tell you guys that I'm very thankful for both of you oh. uh, and for this podcast. It's just been a wonderful, it's just been a wonderful six, eight months, however long we've been doing this for. May? Really, something like that. We yeah, so it's like from five to, so yeah, like six months, yeah. six and something months. So uh, yeah, so I just wanted to like, just, I don't know, profess uh, just how thankful I am for the both of you guys. Uh, You've made this an awesome experience. And for our listenership, for those of you out there who are listening and have been so supportive, I have not met one person who's been like, oh, like, that sounds terrible. Like everyone <laughs> is just on board and are having fun with it. Or they like send me little things in the, or quote me to 
myself, which is also kind of fun <laughs> and funny. I didn't hear about so, that. That's new. <laughs> yeah, they use my words against me. So oh, uh, shout out, Jim. Shout out, Jim Cox. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, so that's funny. all I have to say. Happy awesome. Thanksgiving. Thanks, Josh. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I hope I ever- wish everyone the best like holiday season. I feel like in the U.S., holiday season is kind of Thanksgiving to January. So yep. <laughs> it's a little different. It's starting up. Yeah, I'm just getting used to it. But yeah, no, thank you, Josh. I feel the same. Like, this has been great. Like, I don't know. It's just been, I feel like I've learned a lot. This is almost like I could put this on a resume. <laughs> some of the stuff you know so yeah so no i've learned a lot and it's been really great i feel like we all are like totally just working off each other's like strengths and like learning from each other so it's been great thank you guys thanks to you guys too love you guys love you (laughs) thank you so much love all right let's wrap wrap it up. up yeah all right thanks for listening to getting fishy with it you can find our website with show notes at gettingfishypod.substack.com you can find us on twitter at getting fishy pod and on instagram at getting fishy pod you can also find us on facebook and linkedin by searching for getting fishy with it if you want to drop us an email you can send your complaints or questions or adulations to gettingfishypod at gmail.com Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is Best Time by Fast Sounds, and our audio is edited by the very helpful Amber Park Chiadini. We've been getting fishy with it, so keep schooling, my friends, because knowledge is power.